life is change, and you can be prepared. This is Sudden Money Insights, hosted by Susan K. Bradley. Financial advisors work with clients in transition every day. But what can you offer that other advisors can't? Become a certified financial transitionist through the Financial Transitionist Institute. We go beyond traditional CFP training to provide you with the tools you need to support your clients on the human side of life's big transitions. Learn more by visiting financialtransitionist.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Sudden Money Insights. Today, we get to spend some time with Junko Howell, who made her way from Japan to Atlanta and started a financial planning career that has been helping people for quite a long time and in some unusually wonderful ways. So let's start by asking you, Junko, could you tell us How did you get into financial planning? Did you start in Japan or did you start in the U.S.? In the U.S., yeah. So I didn't, I was a student mostly in Japan. And uh, how I started was because of how I grew up in Japan. My um, parents, my parents are traditional Japanese uh, family. My father was a corporate executive and my mom was a homemaker. And my father, who rest in peace in heaven, he was very sweet, kind person, but he never disclosed to my mom how much he was making and how much we had in savings. Instead, my mom was given allowance every month uh, to buy what's necessary to the household. And I was always curious why my mom doesn't say anything about that. And she seems to be content with the amount and she never a question about that. Um, so, but each time they fight, they fought and had some issue. She came to me and she said, Junko, I wanna leave home. And I said to my mom, how could you leave home? You don't have money. You don't even know how much my father is making and how much he had in savings, and also whether he would share with you, how could you leave home? And uh, one day, my mom didn't talk uh, so much about um, her upbringings. Maybe it was painful. And one day she told me, Junko, my mom died when I was a year and a half, and my father died when I was 11. I didn't have the chance to get an education. And study hard, Junko, get an education. And education will open up doors for you. And don't be like me so that you you won't have to depend on anyone else. And she repeated that. So after a while, it ingrained me and um, I took it to heart and decided I'll come to this country and uh, be a financially independent woman. It uh, was more difficult, I think, in Japan. So I thought I want to go to come to this country. And fast forward, um, I like to deal with money, but I like to you know, help people uh, with uh, personal money. So I became a financial planner 
And um, I was shocked because I originally thought my mother's situation was because of my heritage, because of her heritage, the culture. And then when I quickly learned, even women here who are well-educated, they don't have the confidence in their own finances because they tend to let their spouses make the big financial decisions. So when I learned that, I was really shocked. And I, I thought, I really want to change it. And they should be educated. They should have a confidence they, they need to either manage or co-manage of their own finances. So yeah, mm-hmm. so that's how I, you know, I, I didn't think so much about when I became a financial planner. I just wanted to deal with people and the money. But the more I learned about here, the women are not handling it. Like my mom, I really wanted to change it and help them. That's a pretty strong story. And mm-hmm. so you become a financial planner, mm-hmm. but you seem to have an interest in the the humanness or the the personal mm-hmm. side of financial planning. Yeah. Yeah, so um I I got the CFP which is our industry standard. It's a certified financial planner, but I wasn't content with that because just because I'm a certified financial planner or somebody else is a certified financial planner, that doesn't um, mean we can, we are really equipped to help people, especially in a transition in life, emotionally. And I learned that people make rather emotional decisions. And Susan, since as our institution uh, did the research, over 70% of the time, people make emotional decisions, even for finances, not the logical decisions. And that tends to happen a lot with women too. And that's a problem. But they do it because they are in a financial transition, life transition. They are terrified of what's happening in their lives now. And their brain is foggy and they can't think clearly. So they don't have a direction. They feel like they are in a tunnel. Then they make uh, emotional decisions. That's not very good. That, that may not be a very good financial decision. So I learned about your organization. I thought this is a way to go really to help clients because I would be better advisor to really understand their emotional side because if somebody is is clogged up with emotions they really cannot make a decision or the good decision so yeah that this yeah this process and the training really helps not only uh, my client but also me as advisor to become better advisor yeah, yeah it is it is. It goes both ways for, for sure. Now, you said at the beginning of that beautiful explanation, you were talking about women. Yeah. But I think if I understand your practice, um, you work with 
not just single women in transition, but you work with married women, married couples, probably yeah. single men as well. Mm-hmm. What do you find to be the difference between um, any gender, man or woman, mm-hmm. single or not, when they're going through transitions that like um, divorce or retirement or widowhood and that, and someone who's not going through that, someone who's just saving money for the future. What's the, what's the difference that you see in transition clients? Your transition client, um, so transition client and, uh, well, first of all, status quo client, they don't know what's next, right? So it's, at the end, it's kind of the same way because the transition client, many times they didn't know that transition will happen, right? It's true. So, so there's, if there's somebody, the status quo client, if they uh, plan with us for their future and they are well prepared for if what happens if this happens and if you lost a job or if you, you became a disabled or your spouse died. So we prepare for that. But transition, the transitioning client, they tend to come to us after some life events happened. For example, like divorce happened. It's already happened. Then they come with the money they got. And um, so that's a problem. Because they, you know, they didn't plan for divorce and they just got divorced. Mm. And then inheritance, you know, some people uh, received the inheritance a few years ago. And then they, you know, changed the um, account to like joint account instead of keeping in their name. And now they have an issue. Their spouse tends to go into the account and taking her inheritance. And then, you know, then the client has an issue, so they come. But once it's commingled in a joint account, you can't change it, right? So people tend to, people in the transition tend to react and come after the fact something happened. And many times it's, sometimes it's irreversible or it's not the big picture. So, you know, the status quo client who work with advisors, they tend to have a plan in place. So that's, I see a big difference. And it's this emotional, as I said before, if you are status quo client, because they know their situation by working with, you know, somebody like us, but, you know, the client with financial transition and just come to us, they are in the chaos. It is true. It is true. And also, you probably see that all your clients will go through transitions at some point, because it's the way life is. But you you took some time away from your practice to write a book. And I know I've been there, it takes a lot. And you have to really want to get whatever you're putting into that book out into the world. What was your motivation for writing a book? Yeah, my motivation was that when I had all the people coming in after the fact that transition happens and not the very good picture, I one day I thought, 
you know, if I'm consulting one by one and so many people come, I thought nationally, how many people are suffering and how many people made a bad decision first, then they react. So that if there are anywhere that I can do to um, help people before that life transition happens and make a mistake. So I basically had a desire to help them uh, avoid that kind of situation before the transition happens. Then I thought, what's the best way? How could I, how could I help them? Then I started to think that why don't I interview the people who actually went through the transitions and, and made a mistake, you know, such as in the divorce cases and the inheritance, retirement, and becoming a widow and selling their business. And so in those cases, I interviewed uh, 15 to 20 people who actually went through, and the majority of the cases, those are mistakes that they made, that by sharing that, those stories, other people who are in the same situation, you know, they don't have to make any mistakes. They can learn from other people's mistakes, not their own costly mistakes. Now, I didn't want to just finish my book as just stories after stories of mistakes or some success, I wanted to give a guidance and advice, but I am, um, you know, just a financial planner. So I interviewed 35 to 40 uh, specialists, such as divorce lawyers and the child psychologists uh, relating to after divorce and the forensic accountant, estate planning lawyers, elder law lawyers, and the uh, M&A lawyers and all those uh, specialists. So you can see in my book that you could, you could see your own situation or like, oh, this story is like exactly like my mom that this, um, you know, this professional is talking about that, you know, how professional like divorce lawyer helped those people. This is exactly like my sister, oh my gosh. So. Um, you know, I can tell my sister not to go through that. So that is my dream to uh, connect to many people and they won't have to make their own mistakes. That's a beautiful gift that you give to people when, yeah. when they can read it and relate and get some information. Yeah. So I wonder... Your experience from interviewing all those people, that took a long time, I know. Ah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it was November 2019 when I started and I was lucky. I was all over Atlanta. I went to interview um, 50, 55 people. I finished in February, you know, when that's happened, uh, COVID. So just before COVID, I finished all the interviews interviews. So I was lucky that I was able to do, I mean, of course I could do by Zoom meetings, but at that time, you know, people are not using Zooms and then I wanted to connect with them and to get the real stories. I, I wanted to connect with them. So yeah, I, I was able to do that with everyone. 
I'm surprised you did it so quickly because that's a really big effort. And I know you run um, a, a very busy practice. Yeah, it was a work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> have to really want to do this. This yeah. wasn't was not a whim. So tell me a little bit about your clients and tell me how long. This is always a tricky question. How long does it take people to recover from a um, a tough transition like widowhood or divorce? How yeah. long do you think people take? Well, it really depends on on the person, and um, I go through. I help them go through the four stages of transitions, as um, our you know organization said. It's starting from the anticipation of some change. It's happening. It's going to come. And uh, at that time, the client doesn't know what's going to happen, but something may not be the same as before. And then ending. So, and then after ending, ending does not necessarily mean that financial transition happened. And that's the ending stage. Next stage is um, passage. And usually in a passage stage, some people stay in a passage for a long time. And especially if somebody becomes widow suddenly, and then the person is, uh, you know, is a senior, is a little older, was married for 40, 50 years with a spouse. And then in a passage stage, they lose their own identity. So they have to figure out who they are first and then going to new normal stage. So those four stages of transition, I walk them through. And uh, some people stay in the passage for five, 10 years and never recover, and then they pass away. And, um, but many people, I, I am able to take them to new normal stage. And how do I know that when they went, they got to the new normal stage, that is when, you know, from figuring out who they are and very uncomfortable to be alone to they feel okay and they feel comfortable with uncomfortableness of being alone. And now they're making their own, mis own decisions instead of depending on the spouse. So, so they start to feel like rejuvenated and even like confident, like, oh, I didn't know. I'm able to do that when my spouse was doing all that. And wow, I'm not that, you know, that dumb. I'm, I'm so bright and I encourage that. And so they are so happy that they have a coach like me. And, um, you know, so, and then they, they are doing really well. And that's how I take them to, through the stage of transition. And what about for couples that yeah. have a, a transition? Maybe like the example that you gave, you gave it in a negative with the commingling of, yeah. of assets. But let's say you you figure that out. So that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. When uh, it could be an inheritance or it could be some business success. Yeah. Really changes the way a family can work, and that's a transition itself. Yeah. Have you worked with many of those situations? Yeah, I I have worked with many people like that who are inheriting money 
and the inheritance is uh, much more than they thought, or they are selling business, and then the value of the business is much, much bigger than they thought. And wow, what should I do? I'm not used to this kind of wealth uh, before. And then in that kind of situation that, you know, not only we make sure that with the money, you know, they are, their life, uh, rest of their lives are okay, but also what's their legacy plan? And what, you know, what's, what kind of fire they have within? Like, well, some people say, I always wanted to donate uh, more to the charity. I was never been able to do that, but now I have the opportunity. I always wanted to help the uh, open, you know, because I was open. Or, you know, the, that kind of things happen. So I um, encourage them uh, to have a family meetings and we have, meetings including family members, children. And um, so that's how many times it's, it's, uh, it works. And also I help the international clients. Uh, for example, somebody has a green card and then doesn't want to become a citizen here. And then the spouse is a US citizen. And in that kind of situation, many times a client don't know they need a special trust because if the U.S. citizen client, um, the, the husband, you know, the spouse passes away and then the widow goes back to their own country, then there is an exit tax, hefty exit tax. How do you avoid that? And also during the lifetime, the uh, if the U.S. citizen spouse wants to give the money to the non-U.S. citizen spouse, you you uh, amount is limited per year. It's not unlimited like a citizen to citizen transfer. So those people come to me, and we work with those people as well. So yeah, those are really complex situations that make a long-term difference, don't they? Yeah. If the money is reduced in, in uh, passing between one spouse to another, is reduced by half or something like that, that's, that's a very big difference. So, and and that makes a difference on the the human side. And I guess that's a really good example that we could kind of end with, because that's a, a human choice, right? Someone yeah. says, "I don't want to be a U.S. citizen." Mm -hmm. And maybe someone says, oh, there are taxes and they don't really spend time to think about it. But when it happens, yeah, it really changes the, the options they have in life, the security that they have in life. So with the training that you have, you yeah. you're you the technical, you know how to set up the trust. Yeah. You also know how to work with them on this very personal decision and the consequences that they might want to avoid. You know how to explain that to them, not just in dollars. Yeah, exactly. So, and sometimes those non-financial issues are bigger, more than financials. Yes. Like many times, you know, the, our clients are very successful. They don't have time or they don't think about it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it happens like clients say, okay, if I die, 
I'll give 90% to my current spouse, the second marriage spouse, and then 10% to go to my daughter. Then they don't have kids um, amongst themselves. You know, they, they don't have kids between them. Then I ask questions. So, okay, then if 10% goes to your daughter, 90% goes to your spouse, and then you don't have any kids, your wife doesn't have kids. So all the money, if your spouse died, it goes to her nephew. Is that okay with you? Your kids get only 10%. You, uh, her nephew may get 90%. How do you feel about it? So then the client the first time think, wait a second, you're right. I didn't think about that. So yeah, the training that I've gone through with the you know financial um, transitionist institute, it really helps me to think from the human side and look at from the balcony and then work with client, not just the financials. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful work you do. You really make a difference in your, you. not just in your clients' lives, yeah. but in all the people that they touch. Yeah, thank their, you, Susan. Their family, their, their, their co-workers, all of that. So I want to thank you for the great work that you do, Junko, and for yeah. taking time to be with me today. Thank you, Susan. Yeah.